Good morning, everybody. Well, it's at least morning when I'm recording this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I bet you're noticing that you have an extra episode in your feed today. And that is because, well, sit down and I'll tell you a tale. Uh, we started doing this podcast back in 2018 uh, after I bugged and bugged and bugged former director John Vickers to let me reboot the ice in my podcast that had gone for, you know, like five, like three, four years with two great hosts. And um, I just really wanted to bring it back. And we did so. And we've alluded to old episodes, you know, on this podcast before. If you're a newer listener, if you're an older listener, this is all old hat to you. But at some point, our old producer, uh, Matt, who we love and miss, he graduated and also IU uh, switched their cloud service. This caused a lot of problems and we ended up essentially losing almost all of our episodes. We, we had no idea how to get them back. We would check Google Drives for things emailed back and forth. Sometimes we'd have just part of the audio of something or just one person's audio of something. And for a while, it kind of looked like we weren't going to be able to get this podcast back. But, you know, by a miracle, whatever you want to call it, my lovely co-host Elizabeth's iPhone had been just automatically downloading these episodes to her phone on iTunes and she never deleted them. And we looked for a way to extract those episodes from her phone, essentially, when this opportunity arose. And we found a way to extract the episodes. So while we can't rescue every single episode we did from 2018 to, I guess, summer of 2019, the, the last one being our fall preview episode, uh, for the fall of 2019, we have a good majority of them saved, and it's kind of a miracle, and it's kind of nice, it's kind of cool, to, and also awful to listen back to just how, like, shoddy and ramshackle this all started, but it's also kind of charming, and so we decided that we wanted to start releasing these episodes in some fashion, and there'll be a more formal way we'll do that, either be it for breaks or, you know, special occasions like today, and I'll get to that in a second. But I decided we should definitely release this episode today. Uh, she literally rescued it last night. And it's, uh, it's because it's our Vincent Price Visits the A Place for Film episode featuring Niall James Arena's friend, Vincent Price. Uh, <laughs> it is not. It is uh, both uh, Niall and his friend Vincent Price's birthday today. And I decided that it would be kind of nice to have this uploaded and in the feed so take this as an announcement that if you are a new listener to this podcast we will be uploading old episodes of the podcast the ones that still exist um i think we we have roughly about 70 80 percent which is pretty good from the zero percent that we had before yeah we're we're gonna start uploading those if you're an old listener and there were episodes we did that you you know missed or you wanted to re-listen to those will be coming but yeah uh it's really exciting and to my knowledge, I'm going to try to just keep them intact as they are, intros and all, maybe even gaffes and all. If there's something that was said or done that is false or I don't, you know, don't stand by today, I might make an editor's note. But I don't really want to touch these very much because, you know, it is what it is. They are what they are. I, I, I trust that me and Elizabeth did a pretty good job keeping the integrity of the podcast even when we first started and know what we were doing. Had way worse audio quality despite Matt's best efforts. Um, this episode, I'm pretty sure, is recorded in a classroom because <laughs> we couldn't get the studio for that day. Classroom with a task cam. But yeah, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Vincent Price's visit to a place for film 
and mentioning for no reason at all Vincent Price is Niall James Arena's best friend and it is both their birthdays today so I'll see you at the movies good morning a place for film the IU cinema podcast is recorded in studio eight of the Indiana University Media School and is a proud production of WIUX pure student radio Welcome back to A Place for Film, the official IU Cinema podcast. I'm your co-host, Elizabeth Rell, and joining me is my co-host, David Carter. What's up, Elizabeth? Oh, not much. (laughs) (laughs) Not too much. How about you? I'm good. Just, I don't know, just hanging out this week. I didn't really do much. I am excited about the way the Oscars went down last night. I know, it was crazy. It was crazy. I can't believe when Robert Loggia and Monique came out on stage to pre- present <laughs> Best Picture and Colin Trevorrow's The Book of Henry was the surprise winner. It wasn't even nominated. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm just like, why is Robert Loggia presenting the award today? <laughs> Uh, How did he get this gig? Yeah, I don't know. Those great orange juice ads he used to do. I don't know. But crazy Oscar results. Don't pay any attention to the fact that this episode's being recorded a whole week before the Oscars and we have actually have no idea. We like, have no idea who has won yet. We don't know who won. We don't know who presented the final award. But we do know what's going to be playing at the IU Cinema this upcoming week. We do know that. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, do you want to tell... Well, actually, before we get to that, I just want to say that a bulk of our episode is going to be dedicated to the two Vincent Price screenings that are happening. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Vincent Price. Uh, His daughter, Victoria Price, is going to be Mm -hmm. coming in to do a lecture and talk about her father's legacy, and she'll be presenting two of his more famous movies. And so we're going to talk more about those two movies, but... Let's go ahead and talk about what else is playing at the IU Cinema this week. What we got coming Saturday, March 10th? Yes, so Saturday we have a Cine Kids and Science on Screen collaboration. 3 p.m. we're going to be showing Whale Rider from 2002 by Niki Caro. Uh, it will be free, but tickets are required for children 12 and under. And then anyone over 12 is $4. But that's really not that much. Yeah. I feel like I have vague memories of this movie playing on HBO when I was a kid. Yes. Just because just I remember it was about this tribe and they were upset. Well, actually, I won't say too much about the movie because uh, the, the plot is about there being this tradition about the whale rider mm-hmm. uh, like becoming like the new chief of this Maori clan and it's usually a male but something happens that it is supposed to go to a woman. Strong female characters. <laughs> yes. Um, and that causes some strife but I won't say too much about it. also don't really have that clear recollection about the movie but uh, yeah I mean this director she did a movie with 
I think it's Jessica Chastain called The Zookeeper's Wife that mm-hmm. came out a It was year a big hit. Ago. Yeah, it was uh, like about a zookeeper during, in Poland during World War II. I think, I don't know, that Maybe. might be wrong. And then I think she had a Charlize Ther- uh, Theron movie that Charlize got nominated for an Oscar for called North Country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so come and check that out if you can. What else we got playing that day? That night at 7 p.m. we will be playing the film In Between by Maysaloon Hamoud from 2016, and it's a story about three Palestinian women trying to find balance between traditional and modern culture. Uh, It looks very interesting. I'm gonna probably watch it that night. It's $4 for IUB students and $7 for everyone else. Cool. You're actually gonna have two chances to catch in between. Yes. Because the next day at three o'clock, it's playing again. And if you miss, miss it Saturday night, come on out Sunday afternoon. But then also on Saturday, a personal favorite of mine, which is a part of the First Contact and Science on Screen series, it's the final, final movie in the First Contact series programmed mm-hmm. by Brittany Friesner, is James Cameron's The Abyss, which is probably, I mean, if you don't count his two deep sea diving documentaries that he did, <laughs> probably like his most underrated, unknown movie mm-hmm. mostly because it was kind of a flop a little bit because it's mm-hmm. like a, a a super long movie about scientists diving deep into the ocean uh, because there are things happening down there that are causing some disruptions on the surface uh, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, a pretty cool cast it's got uh, Ed Harris who you know from a lot of things I don't know like probably most recently you would know him from is the Westworld remake and Mary Elizabeth Mastrioni and uh, Michael Bain, who's a uh, who's a James Cameron player. Like he's just been a bunch of his, his movies. Muse. Yeah, I don't know. He's <laughs> Kyle, like he's Kyle Reese in Terminator, and I'm pretty sure he's Hicks in Aliens. He is. And I think it's also got Chris Elliott in it. If I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's got Chris Elliott oh. in it. But yeah, it's like you know James Cameron has a thing for the water. Like, mm-hmm. he likes things, the water. He literally spends all of his money on <laughs> exploring the deep parts of the ocean. Like I said, he's made two documentaries about it. And some fun facts about this movie. Mo- shot mostly practical, except for some stuff at the end. Uh, the water stuff is all real. They had to construct two different tanks, one that was $7.5 million of water and the other one that was $2.5 million worth of water. Ugh. And they shoot all this deep-sea diving stuff in those tanks. I think one time it sprang a leak and like well, it like it delayed it like delayed production for like a week cuz they had to figure out how to stop it from leaking. It was a hard shoot. Two of the mo- two of the best stories about the shoot are one, the crew had such a rough time making this movie that at the rap party uh, when they would bring friends and family to it, they would they had a saying called life's abyss and then you die. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's good. And uh, like that. it, it was so such a hard shoot that Ed Harris, if you know Ed Harris, Aww. he's a, a very surly, tough, masculine man. Uh, he's married to Kathleen Madigan, and apparently he came home after a shoot one day in tears. But he's secretly a delicate flower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If that's the case. Or not. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, I enjoy this movie quite a bit. It's a lot. It's a lot closer to something like Terminator Two, 
I would say, as far as just like the pacing and action. And we're Every, showing it in 35 millimeter. 35 millimeter. It's the it's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours. There's a director's cut that's like 45 minutes longer than that. Uh, <laughs> that's never been released. This is kind of a hard movie to track down. There's like a really bad DVD, which is like pretty much the only way you can watch it. I, I don't even think you can buy it on iTunes or Amazon or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a good chance to come out and see what I think is a really cool movie. Yes. Yeah, that does it for the schedule for the week. So I think we're probably going to get into talking about Vincent Price. Uh, you know, he's a very interesting... Who is that? I don't know. Hey, Elizabeth, can you, go, can you go check the door real quick? Yeah. Um, Hello? What? 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 Wait, Elizabeth, who is that? Uh, there's no way it's who Good I think afternoon. it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, un- this is unprecedented... <laughs> I think we have Vincent Price in the studio with us today. Hello, it's a pleasure. Vin- Vincent, how did you how did you get here? Well, you know, David, I'm a big fan of the show. And I was here because some of my art catalogs, I'm an art collector. Some of my art catalogs are here at the Eskenazi Museum, and I was just checking up on them, making sure they hadn't been tattered or damaged. And I thought I'd stop by. I know you're showing some of my favorite films. Whoa. Well, Vincent, this is all correct. <laughs> this is this is crazy. I mean, even crazier than the fact that you know what a podcast is and that you're a fan of one. Uh, well, this is this is great. This this uh, saves us a podcast of bullet-pointed facts about Vincent Price. We can just hear it from the man himself. Oh, I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Oh. I, Try to be as candid as possible with fans. Oh boy, we're gonna get like a, a wow. Quincy Jones interview type interview with Vincent Price. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be shooting that close from the hip, but I can try. Well, uh, Vincent, can you just tell us a little bit about like where you're from and uh, when you were born and all like all that good stuff? Oh well, certainly. I was born in 1911 in St. Louis, Missouri. My father was the president of the National Candy Company which is uh, fun. I'm actually Vincent Price Jr. Uh, I attended Yale for art history and English, and I I taught for a year, but the stage called for me, and I I did a graduate program over in London, and there I discovered uh, my my enjoyment for treading the boards and uh, worked with the Mercury Theater for a brief time, although it was a challenging time for them. The Mercury Theater, that's, uh, isn't that Orson Welles' uh, yes. theater? Yes, he was still working with them at the time, although it was hard to know it. He wouldn't show up sometimes for the shows he meant to be directing, and my wife, Edith Barrett, would sometimes go to rehearsals for the Duchess of Malfi, and Orson wouldn't be there. Wow. Interesting. Well, you, you actually, later in your career, you worked with like, uh, Orson Welles' regular Joseph Cotton, right? Yes, Joseph is a, a, a fine actor and, and a good friend, although on the picture uh, that we worked on together that you're showing, the abominable Dr. Fives that Bobby directed, uh, great fun. Joe had such a hard time remembering his lines <laughs> that sometimes he would have to be prompted off screen. I would tease him about this a little, you know, because I knew all of my lines and all of his. And he said, well, as you know, all my lines were, were dubbed in. Uh, we won't reveal why. We'll leave that for the viewers. But all my lines were dubbed in, and Joe would say, it's, it's easy for you, Vincent. You don't have to say your lines. 
And I said, well, that's true, Joe, but I still know them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, uh, that's, that's some great some great stuff. Well, let's let's back let's back it up a little bit. Uh, you uh, are mostly known for your roles as a, a horror. <laughs> yes, a horror it's villain. true. A bit of a heavy. I like to think I played so many gentlemen early in my career Correct, that I yeah. was due to play some villains, and then I just got sort of trapped there. Oh man, yeah, you actually did a run of movies with Gene Tierney, right? I did. Oh, Jeannie was a treasure. I think that. You know, the picture we first worked on together, Laura, in 1944, sort of brought me under the screen. I was such a tall fellow, it was hard to get cast. Yeah, you're over six foot. Like, guys, I have to look up at Vincent Price right now. It's crazy. Dana Andrews is, of course, not a tall fellow, and so I'm stooping a bit, and he's on boards and phone books in that picture. But (laughs) Jeannie was, was a real treasure. We got to work together again on Dragon Wick and then on Leave Her to Heaven. That's and I, a personal favorite of mine. Oh, is it? Oh, yes. it's a terrific yeah, picture. Yeah, you're wonderful in that one. Oh, that's sweet <laughs> of you to say. Well, I think Jeannie really makes all those pictures, and it's odd to me she's not more of a cultural figure playing all those great roles. She wore her dresses so well, too. She always looks so good in her clothes. I don't know why she's not known more. Well, we'll have to do something about that. Maybe we convince John and Brittany to show some more Gene Tierney flicks. Oh, you know, you should. Leave her to heaven. You know, no one will leave it alone. (laughs) They won't leave the ticket booth alone. You show leave her to heaven. (laughs) Oh, Vincent, my sides are splitting. Uh, Well, Elizabeth, we have a legend in the studio. Do you have any questions for Mr. Price? I just, like, still can't believe my eyes, (laughs) Steve. Tell me a bit about Roger Corman. You worked with him so many yes. times. Yes. Oh, Roger. Roger was so clever, you know. He would find a way to turn a dollar into a hundred dollars. The first picture we worked on together was The House of Usher, based on The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. And that was a big turn for Roger. I don't think he'd made a picture in color before that. And on that picture, uh, we got to uh, utilize a fire around the Hollywood sign. He used that for the the, the grand finale. He also found out that a a barn was set to be burned down, and he asked if they could stop and wait a couple days to see if he could burn the barn down himself and film it. And I think he started to use that for other pictures that required a fire, and I don't know if he knew how many of his his fans and moviegoers would realize it was... The same footage. <laughs> the most fun we had was, was going and making Mask of the Red Death, which I, I think he rated highly as one of his favorite pictures. And it certainly was a joy for me. It was the first picture that I'd gotten to make in England. And I got to make several others there. Uh, the Witchfinder General and uh, some, some other international films with, with uh, Mario Bava, which were a little bit uh, sillier than, than Rogers' films. <laughs> Yeah, then you uh, you made one, oh man, Death House or House of Death or... There were there were many titles. They, they changed titles <laughs> okay. a, a lot in America. I think yes. Witchfinder General became the Conqueror Worm here. Okay. And I, I didn't realize that was, you know, because of the, the Poe poem, I think they chose that title. But uh, House of Dolls is what one is oh, billed yes, as. Oh, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. I think it also is better known as the sequel to Dr. Goodf- Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to title anything anymore. They were much better back in the day. <laughs> it was for a continental market, I think. They were, they were choosing their audience. Oh, man. Uh, 
Well, actually, so Vincent, one of the things about you is that you have a pretty playful sense of humor. You, uh, I've heard stories that you would go to screenings of your own. Yes. So after House of Wax, I would like to sneak in sometimes and, and just wait until a very scary part. And you try to choose two young teenage girls or boys, and right after sort of a big scare, I would lean into them and say, Did you like it? And they would go into <laughs> orbit, straight into orbit. That was, that was great fun. You know, I, I heard that Anthony Perkins liked to do the same thing. In Psycho, he liked to go to the, the screenings <laughs> oh in Burbank gosh. and just wait for them to notice him. <laughs> what a terrifying evening. If No, no offense. You're, you're a wonderful... I'm having a wonderful time talking to you, and you're a very handsome man. But you that would uh, uh, chill the bejesus out of me. Well, it's good to have fun. You yes. Know? And it's good to have fun being yeah. scared, I yes. think. Correct. Uh, so, Vincent, you did a lot... Uh, you've done a lot of roles uh, on the IMDb, uh, which you're familiar with because yes. if you know what a podcast is, you know what IMDb is. Yes, I like to check how I'm doing. I think I'm up to 202. Yeah, which is which is a lot, I think. Uh, yeah, and some of those credits are uh, actually for TV. You were actually on what is now rightfully considered a, a great TV show. I think for a while it was considered camp. It still oh, is camp, no. but, but you were uh, a villain on the Batman TV show starring Adam West. Yes. And, and David, you know, greatness and camp are not mutually exclusive. No, no, of course As not. As we all know, and we're always learning and relearning. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, it was great fun. I played Egghead, who was an adversary of, of mm. Batman and Robin. And I can remember it, it got around, and I, I felt a little bad, but it, it, it was too much to resist. There was a take where I was throwing, I was lobbing eggs at Adam and Bert, <laughs> who played Bat, Batman and Robin, and they yelled cut, and I kept throwing them at them, and I think Adam West said, you know, stop it, Vincent, the take is over, and I said, with a full artillery, not a chance, <laughs> and an egg fight broke out in the studio, I think they had to halt for the whole afternoon. Oh my gosh. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth, anything anything else you want to grace the Master of Menace with? Oh man, I don't like. Tell us about your daughter. You know oh. she's she's visiting. Yes. Tell us a little bit about her. Well, Victoria is a treasure. You know we named her after my first theatrical success, which was Victoria Regina, where I played Prince Albert on the stage. And you know, Victoria is a great treasure. She wrote a wonderful book about me, and she's written books you know, beyond just about me. But I thought it was a very frank but also uh, a loving portrayal from a daughter about her, her father. And it was so wonderful. I uh, worked with her a bit on Edward Scissorhands. She got yes. to have a small role in that, and I, I hope she had a fun time. It was certainly fun working with, with Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. He made a, a short film in 82 called Vincent that I had the honor of uh, doing the voiceovers for, and I think you can, you can find it out there. Entirely stop motion. And uh, it's about a little boy named Vincent Malloy who sees my films and gets some ideas of, of how he wants to grow up and how he wants to dispatch his, his parents and his, his mean babysitter and all these things. And I thought it was better than a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 
to have mm-hmm. that. It was a, a great honor to work with him. Yeah, I, we. I love you in Edward Scissorhands. Uh, you're, oh, that's <laughs> you're a good father in that movie. Yes, well, <laughs> it was fun working with Johnny. You know, Johnny was such a an attentive listener. He let me recite my uh, version of Lygia and my stories of of uh, the AIP lot. So it was it was great fun working with him. Oh, uh, on a on a different note about. Uh, Things that I'm, I'm curious. You you said you see you go to movies, you see your own movies and chill people. Have you seen the remakes of your own movies? Oh my goodness! Uh, well, House of Wax and the Fly being the two. Bi- I feel like the two biggest ones. Yes, you know i I have uh, I have an affinity for Jeff Goldblum, and I thought he did a, a wonderful job. You know, it was a little different than the direction we went with our fly. <laughs> of course. But how can you not love Jeff Goldblum? No. Exactly. There's always room in my heart for Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> now, the House of Wax was a little tougher, although I hope that, you know, they had an easier time making it. The the fellow who made ours, I think, is one of the great Hollywood success stories. Uh, Andre de Toth made the first studio 3D picture, and he only had one eye. Oh. Which is a, a story for the, that's, the animals of Wait, that's that. That is incredible. Yes. And he liked to, to deal with practical effects for the fire. And so at the end when I'm fighting and then the, the wax museum is burning down, it was quite hot and uh, he kept the film uh, rolling. And uh, I, I think some of the fear you see on my face is rather genuine because <laughs> I don't want to melt like those statues are. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, well, you you've you've dropped a few names, and I'd be cur- and I'm, I'm curious about one name in particular that I think you've you you come from a, an era where like you mentioned how you played a heavy. There are a lot of great heavies around the the like I would say the prime. Yes, uh, Christopher Lee and oh sure we uh, share a birthday. Did you know that? No, I did not. know. Chris and I, yes, yes, we share a birthday. And you know Peter, Peter Cushing, Cushing yeah, he's May twenty sixth. So we were in a little birthday group because we were all in Scream and Scream Again together. Oh, yes, <laughs> did not know that. Uh, but another uh, uh, heavy from uh, from that time, uh, Boris Karloff. Oh yes, Boris was a dear friend. We've got to work on a couple of Corman pictures together. But the story I always like to tell about Boris is I was on a flight some years after his death to Barcelona, and a, a young woman came up to me and said, "Oh, you know." I, I would be so honored to have your autograph. I've seen all of your pictures. I just love you, Mr. Karloff. And I didn't oh, have the heart to correct no. her. So you know what I did was I, from the grave, got to give her Boris Karloff's autograph. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> You're such a minch, Mr. Price. Well, you know, you, long flights, you don't want to upset someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, hey, producer Matt. Uh, voice you don't get to hear very often on this podcast. How are we doing for time? <laughs> We're doing quite well right now. It is 2.38.42 seconds p.m. It is a bit cloudy outside, about 48 degrees. <laughs> wow. So okay. going back to you, I got, Guys, I think we understand why we don't hear producers Matt, <laughs> Matt's voice very much. Um, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> You're doing a fine job, Matt. <laughs> the weather's important. If it's sunny outside, sometimes you don't want to go to the pictures. But an overcast day, that could be just the thing. Yes. 
It's all yeah. It's such a nice over, overcast day. It's almost like you were destined to show up at our studio today. Well, we could call it fate, or we could call it luck. I'm a very superstitious person, mm -hmm. so I'll call it luck. Hey. Well, I will say, unfortunately, as nuts as it's about to be, I think we have to go. Even though we could talk How to you for hours and hours and hours. I don't, I don't even know where you're going to go after this. David, I understand. There's so much to do in a day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elizabeth, can you tell us, uh, and maybe even Vincent, who knows, maybe Vincent himself can show up to these screenings. When are we screening uh, the two Vincent Price films uh, that his daughter Victoria will be presenting? Yes, yeah, so... Victoria Price will be here on Thursday, March 8th, uh, and her lecture will be at 5 p.m. It's called Vincent Price, Master of Menace, Lover of Life. Uh, she's going to talk about her father's life and some of the things that she's been doing. She's an author, inspirational speaker, a blogger. Uh, she's done a TED Talk before, um, and she's going to be signing books after that and before the film that night. So make sure you come out and check that out. It's going to be free. Um, and then The Mask of the Red Death will be at 7 p.m. following that. Uh, she will be there. Uh, we're going to show that in 35 millimeters. And then the other Vincent Price film we're showing is The Abominable Do Dr. Fibes, which is Friday, March 9th at 7 p.m. And it's also 35 millimeter. So they're going to look really great. Uh, $4 for all tickets for the films. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say to Vincent Price's face right now, I love The Abominable Dr. Fibes, mostly because it's a great film, but it ends... It's one of the greatest endings I've ever seen to a film. Like, oh, I, I yes, don't want to say anything. No, don't want to say anything. It for the but viewers. I, the first time I watched that movie, I stood up and applauded. Oh, that was sweet <laughs> of you. You know, we wanted to make a third one called The Brides of Fives. Whoa. But I don't think they ever figured it out. They couldn't quite get the handle on it. Yeah, it was fun to make, though. It, it was a great deal. They had a little party for me. They, they speculated it was probably my 100th picture. So going into it, if I wow. seem a little tired on screen, understand <laughs> it was it was because there were 99 preceding films, and they were not all as fun okay. as Fives. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's going to about do us do it for us this yeah. week on uh, a place for film. So uh, you know, let's just get let's just let's just do it. Uh, thank you to John Vickers, Brittany Friesner, and uh, the IU Cinema uh, for letting us goof around in a studio yes, thank you. <laughs> and talk about movies, which uh, we love doing. And I'd like to thank our special guest, uh, Vincent Price, who, Vincent, I have a fun fact for you. You actually share a birthday with a, a local man about town, uh, town and cinephile, Niall Arena. Is that right? Yeah. That's an odd name. <laughs> Who would name their child that? <laughs> he must have a hard life. No, he's a sweet, sweet boy. And uh, if you uh, are ever around, you should wish him a, a hearty hello and uh, go and see his improv group, Fabuloso, whenever you get the chance. Well, I hope I have the chance to sneak up on him in the theater when he's seeing the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank producer Matt for our weather report today, and WIUX <laughs> for uh, hosting and broadcasting this podcast. Uh, if you're doing this on iTunes, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does actually help us reach new listeners. We have not been left a review or a star rating, so you could be the first. If you're the first person to leave a review, I will read it, barring appropriateness, on air. <laughs> if you're the first person to leave a review for us, I will actually read it. 
I'd like to thank uh, Steve Alfred and the Rational Discourse for the use of our theme song, Chimney, off of the album Live at the Mothlight. You can find that album at store.cdbaby.com backslash artist backslash Rational Discourse. Uh, and you can go to their Facebook page for their various goings-ons. Uh, thank you to my co-host, Elizabeth Rell. Elizabeth, where can the good people find you online? They can find me everywhere, um, mostly on Twitter, uh, at Elizabeth Rell. Just my name, uh, but it's spelled R-O-E-L-L. Um, yeah, definitely. Where can they find you, though? You can find me also on Twitter, uh, at Samurai Flicks, exactly how it sounds, like, exactly how it sounds. Uh, or you can find me on my personal blog, David and David at the Movies, where, uh, I do a weekly movie reviews uh, with the local cartoonist David Yoder, which I actually have an abominable Dr. Fibes, nah. uh, review up, and I'm pretty That's sure it's spoiler-free. Um, so give that a read if you want a little more context. But your reviews are great, though. Oh, thank, yes. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, and I think that's going to about do it for us. So this has been A Place for Film, uh, and we will see you at the movies. Have a spooky good night. Good night.